What about the perfect Christmas gift? The pressure is on, especially this year. How to get the right gift that produces the right wow, even more in 2021. Can I get that right thing in time before Christmas Day? Supply chain. It's been a big headline for a while. COVID still continues to affect the economy and how we get supplies. Walk into a department store right now and you'll see bare shelves here and there. But December 25th is still coming. How are you shopping for your loved ones this year? Maybe this Christmas could be different. Instead of long lists of what you want, might I suggest looking for ways to be a blessing to others? Perhaps this Christmas season can be less about what you want and more about blessing others, more about pointing others to Jesus, the greatest gift ever given. For unto us a child was born. Let's worship him more this year. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. This is where we get to share together the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this Tuesday, we're continuing a series called The Living Nativity. So bring him incense, gold, and myrrh, come peasant king to own him. The king of kings, salvation brings, while loving hearts enthrone him. Fernando Ortega, singing a portion of What Child Is This, based on an old English folk tune from the 16th century. Did you hear Fernando sing about the three gifts the wise men brought? In a moment, we're going to think about these gifts and how they continue the echoes of Christmas from the Old Testament into the New Testament. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They're not just symbolic gifts, but gifts that fulfilled prophecy. So stay with me. And let's hear these echoes that point us to the greatest gift of all, Christ Jesus, our Savior. And speaking of gifts, Christmas is coming quickly. And I have an idea that will help lead your family to worship Jesus more this year. So many distractions exist at Christmas time, from TV to shopping to advertising. If we're not careful, Christmas can become a Christless experience, and that's why I want to send you and those you love the Manger Mission. But what exactly is the Manger Mission, you may wonder? Well, picture your family or a family you love sitting in their living room with the Christmas tree lit. First, they open a beautiful green box. They pull out a beautifully illustrated storybook that tells the tale of the wise men's journey to Christ. And yes, it talks about how the wise men showed up after the birth of Jesus. But after the book is pulled out, the kids discover a colorful 12-piece wooden nativity set that's perfect for them to use at Christmas time. And after they set it up, they go and they put the wise men as far away from the nativity set as they can. And every day, the kids move the pieces ever closer to Jesus as you talk about Christ and the reason why he was born. We've had so many take our call to help families put Christ at the center of their Christmas this year, including Ruby in Ohio, who ordered four sets to send to those she loves. What about you? 
Well, join Ruby, join my wife and me, and many others as we send out the manger mission to families that we love. Shipping is free. You can send them right away so that they have it in time to start in December. After the program, you can make a generous gift to the ministry, and we'll send it to you or a loved one, the Manger Mission, with our thanks. The number you can call is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN, or go online. Click on the Manger Mission resource button. Watch the video that we have there showing families playing with it. And then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And just as we are starting, a quick reminder that we still have the chosen TV show, Seasons 1 and 2, for your gift to the ministry as well. Now let's get the program moving here. And we open with Paul Balash. Over the skies of Bethlehem appeared a star While angels sang to lowly shepherds Three wise men seeking truth traveled from afar Hoping to find the child from heaven Falling on their knees, they bowed before the humble Prince of Peace. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you. It's only through your mercy, Lord, I come. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due.
That is the Christmas version of a song called Offering by Paul Balash on A Haven Today at a program called The Living Nativity. I'm Charles Morris. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> I can't carry the tune. Starbucks has made their annual switch over to red aprons and Christmas blend coffee. Stores are beginning to roll out deals ahead of Black Friday, all prepping for Christmas Day. Janet and I have a Christmas tradition, too. We read through the book of Isaiah every year. We just started it a couple of days ago. And every year, the Lord meets us with a new gift of grace, a reminder of the greatest gift the Father has ever given the world, His only begotten Son. For so many, especially... Where I live in North America, gifts aren't just part of the Christmas celebration. They are Christmas. The lines will surely be long this year. People spend millions of dollars every year around this time. No gifts, no Christmas. So many have been taken in with materialism. I find myself getting caught up in it as well. That's why I love returning to Isaiah every year, remembering the Lord's promises reflecting on the Messiah. Yes, he was a gift to the world. He was the gift. No gift, no Christmas. Without Jesus, we have no reason to celebrate. And the accounts of Jesus' birth that we read in Matthew and Luke show us that so clearly. When the wise men, the Magi as they're called, came from the east, bringing their gifts, they saw the gift. Everything changed then. Dr. Kenneth Bailey was not just a Christian missionary. He was a theologian who spent a lifetime in the Middle East, and he studied the original biblical texts in Eastern and Western original languages, and he studied them in order to read the New Testament through the eyes of those who lived there in the first century. His ministry became all about helping us understand the gospel message of Jesus through the eyes of the Middle East. Well, I want us to listen to the late Dr. Bailey explaining the wise men who came from the East and how their part of the story helps us to see Christ more clearly. We also know that these people, when they came, brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. Well, rich people anywhere have gold, but the people who have frankincense and myrrh, these are the products of Southern Arabia. These are the kinds of things that wealthy, powerful people who are Bedouins from the desert will have and will be able to bring with them. The very earliest commentary that we have on the stories of the birth of Jesus were written by a person who lived in Palestine. He was in the city of Caesarea, and his name was Justin Martyr, and about the year 150 A.D., he wrote a book in a, in a conver- he con- had a conversation with a Jew. The Jew's name was Trifo, and so the book is called Dialogue with Trifo the Jew. And in it, he gives us our earliest commentary in the birth story of Jesus. And he says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in a cave, and to that place the wise men came from the Arabian desert. Aha! So they knew the Christians of Palestine in the second century just 150 years after the birth of Jesus, knew that these people came from the desert. More than that, I have a friend, a British scholar, who back in the 20s went over to Jordan and uh, had time to visit 
a Bedouin tribe. Now, this Bedouin tribe, now they're all Muslims. But the name of the tribe is Al-Kawkabani. Kawkab in Arabic means planets. Kawkabani means planeteer, somebody who cares about or who follows the planets. So uh, this scholar, whose name was E.E.F. Bishop, asked the sheikhs, the old men of the tribe, why do you call yourselves the Kaukabani, the planeteers, the followers of the planets? They answered, our ancestors followed the planets until they found the birth of the, of the great prophet Isa, the Arabic word in the Islamic tradition for Jesus, and they offered him gifts and offered him their homage. These are Muslims. But still that tradition is remembered, even though they are Muslims. I can't prove that that tradition is historically accurate, but I think it is. And I think that there's a tribe out there in the desert that remembers that great men in their tribe once very long ago that they left the Arabian desert and came and worshipped the baby Jesus. But we notice that the gold and the frankincense has a third gift that is brought and laid before the Christ child, and that is myrrh. Why? Because gold is wonderful for wealthy at any time, and frankincense gives you a wonderful incense. You burn it to make your house smell very pretty, but myrrh is used for the embalming of the dead. And so the gifts promised to the city are also brought to the child, but there is another gift, and that gift is a sign of the fact that this child has a unique destiny. This child has come to die. Why? Because as D.T. Niles, Daniel Fembai Raja Niles, the great theologian of Asia, in the writing of a beautiful hymn about the birth story, he says, Christmas shines with Easter's glory, glory of eternity. For there is one king who will not worship, who has decreed that Christ must die. That was Dr. Kenneth Bailey sharing about the wise men who came from the East and what they have to teach us about Jesus. They aren't just an interesting detail in the story. The wise men coming shows us that the gospel had broken boundaries. No longer was the good news only for the Jewish people. The Lord was going out into the world to gather his people. They show us that Christ's birth was indeed a political event. They call him a king. And they show us clearly that Jesus was the reason for their coming. The wise men must have been rich. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I know much has been made about the symbolic significance of these gifts, royalty, priestly, prophetic symbolism, and I'm not doubting that this is all true. But before that, the gifts show us that the wise men were wealthy. They themselves may have been royalty. Kings in those days had a royal court, sort of like a cabinet, which was filled with all kinds of official titles, governors, rulers, magicians, wise men. And to be a magi, a wise man, in the royal court was a very high honor. And when they came to town, and I'm speaking of Jerusalem here, they went to the palace where King Herod lived. But Dr. Bailey 
points something out that is obvious when you read the story, but is hiding there in plain sight. The wise men did visit the palace. They were wealthy. One might assume that they saw the star and visited Jerusalem to see what to make of it. But what does the text repeatedly tell us? They came to visit the child, the newborn king of the Jews, not the city. They didn't come to engage in political diplomacy or to flaunt their wealth. They came to see a baby, to visit the child. And when they did, they laid their expensive gifts at his feet a shocking sign of humility and submission. Matthew, too, even tells us that the wise men worshipped at Jesus' feet, men who, in their own royal courts, would have other men bowing down to them and giving them gifts for their wisdom. They laid their expensive gifts at the feet of the baby child Jesus, and they worshipped. Now, that's an amazing reversal. Wealth being overturned to the small and poor. The powerful and influential bowing down to a helpless little boy worshiping at his feet. This is something we all need to hear. Too often, especially in North America, Christians get caught up in the pursuit of power and influence. We don't want anyone else in control. We Turn to politics or to influential and wealthy friends to try to maintain control. To all of this, Jesus' birth story says, no. Power submits at the feet of Christ. Wealth empties itself for the sake of the king, the real king. Christians, and if you're a believer in Jesus, I'm talking to you. Our lives cannot be spent trying to gain power or desperately seeking our own wealth. Instead, the wise men in giving their gifts over to Jesus show us that we can't follow Jesus without worship and without casting our lives before him. They could have easily come to Bethlehem and began reciting their prophecies or the story of what happened They could have made their visit full of extravagant displays of their own wisdom. Instead, they humbled themselves, and they gave gifts to the newborn Jesus. And not just any gifts, but gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And standing behind those gifts was the promise of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 60, That great prophet foresaw the Messiah's coming. The Lord showed him what the new world would be like once Jesus had arrived to make all things new. And one of the things Isaiah saw was foreign peoples coming to the Messiah bearing gifts. One of those gifts? Frankincense. More than symbolism. The wise men and their gifts were a direct fulfillment of this ancient prophecy of Christ's coming. A vivid reminder that the Lord's hand is in all things. He was overseeing the wise men and their gifts, just as he was overseeing the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. A word for us not to worry, but to trust in the one who can and has orchestrated all things for our good. The holidays can be a very dark time, but the light of Christ shines through his promises. Instead of gifts, 
you and I need to focus on the gift, the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name. Come, let us worship. Come, let us adore. Jesus, Messiah, our Savior is born. Carol His glory and sing His sweet name. Offer a life of thanksgiving and praise. Join with the angels proclaiming to earth. Join with the shepherds in of His birth. Join all creation rejoicing this morn. The glory of God become man has been born. Come, let us adore Him, Jesus, the hope of the world. Come, worship before Him, Christ the Messiah has come, salvation is born. Sovereign grace, salvation is born. You're in a haven today called the Living Nativity. Can you believe it? Christmas is coming so soon. And I want to encourage you to start thinking now how it can be a Christ-centered Christmas this year. And one way that can help you do that is the Manger Mission. A way to help the kids you love learn more about Jesus and the reason behind his birth. We asked Hannah, one of the creators, to share a couple of ways the Manger Mission has been used to share the story of Jesus with those who've used it. We have seen that as children do this, one of the things that we love is building the anticipation of returning the wise men to the nativity and just the tie to um, the anticipation of Christ coming and experiencing Christ in our lives. 
and slowing down during a busy season has been something really special about this. Her name is Hannah. She's part of the Manger Mission Project, which is a child-led activity that is used by families to anticipate Jesus through the journey of the wise men. Get one for yourself. Send another to someone you love. Shipping is free, and we have them in our warehouse right now. In fact, if you're like Janet and me, we don't have any kids at home anymore, but we're still getting the set for ourselves and one set for the appropriate grandchildren. Call us right now, would you, at 800 654 2836. 800 65 Haven. Or go watch that video on our website where families play with the Manger Mission. Just click on the Manger Mission resource to find the video when you visit us and make your gift online at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And in case you were wondering, we still have The Chosen Seasons 1 and 2 on DVD for your gift. Get a set for yourself to enjoy. Get one to give away to someone this Christmas who needs to learn more about our Savior. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? But again, we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Sometimes in life, all we can do is ask the Lord why. The Psalms are full of this. Even the upright, the righteous, the faithful, even the most spiritual among us suffer. It's the common narrative for every human on earth. Pain, sorrow, death. Jesus' own story comes to mind. On the cross, he asked, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? He knew what it was like to suffer. Yet from the cross, Jesus shows us the way. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Ask why. Do it. The Lord knows, but also commit your life into the hands of the Lord. He'll sustain you through even the hardest times, and he'll never, never forsake you. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.